most businesses don't even earn a profit until after year two. And, you know, I've been really blessed to be able to build a multiple six figure business and, you know, quit my corporate job, really start living like my dream lifestyle in a very short time period in comparison to just what's normal in the online space. And I just want to really pull back the curtain and dive deep and give you all a transparent view on really how I've been able to do that so quickly, especially because it's not the norm. That's just not normal for businesses to do. So I just wanted to give you guys insight on how I've been able to do that. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each season, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve, sell, and scale your consulting business. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. If you are ready for a transparent, all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, corporate engineer turned online business consultant, Jerisha Hawk. So I'm a Detroiter. And one thing that Detroit is known for is for like straight hustlers. Even though I grew up in the suburbs, like I was blessed. My grandmother raised me, my grandmother and I, uh, and my grandmother was like school of hard knocks. This woman was an OG, still is a triple OG. Like she's the type of grandma who doesn't smile in photos. If you got that type of grandma, you know what I'm talking about. But when she raised me and when she brought me into her household, we moved out to the suburbs so I could go to a better school district. I think the thing that really helped me at an early, early age is I, I would see these people with all this money in these big, huge houses and, you know, these fancy cars sitting out in their round driveway. And I didn't know what they did for a living, but I just knew it was possible. And that's where everything started was this belief in something bigger than what my reality was. It was a belief in something bigger than what my parents grew up in or what I was raised like in my household. I was able to believe and see something beyond what I currently knew as reality. And that's where everything really, really started. So I did the track that I was pretty much supposed to do. You know, grandmother moved out to the suburbs so I could be in a good school district. I was very fortunate in my high school. There was architecture and engineering classes. And some of you guys may have known the game, The Sims, the computer game. I used to geek out over that game back in the day. I would go online, download blueprints of houses for my Sims, build those houses on the game. Like I loved architecture, um, but I didn't think I was smart enough to be an engineer. So I started off school at Iowa State and with an architecture degree, things were going like really well. You know, I thought I was making like bank because I was working on campus in the what's it called? Like, you know, when you were like raising money for the college, getting like alumni to donate back to the school, like that was a job I had and it paid like 10, 25 an hour. And back then I thought I was balling because I was like one of the best paying jobs on campus. So I was doing that and like things were just going well. I was studying architecture, taking my classes, you know, making bank at 10, 25 an hour <laughs> um, on my college, like call center job. And kind of my life changed. You know, my, my aunt passed away my sophomore year of school and I got a phone call from my brother letting me know she had passed. And my grandmother lets me know shortly after that I'm probably going to be the one that's responsible for raising my little cousin. My aunt had a two-year-old at the time, and it was just my grandmother at home, my aunt at home, and this little two-year-old boy. 
So she let me know that I'm going to be the one more than likely that's going to be responsible for raising him when I graduated from school. So like my mindset shifted. And that's really when I say the hot hustle started, because up until this point, I've been self-sufficient on my own, meaning that I was the sole financial provider. I moved out at 17, went off to school at 17. I moved to Iowa State. Don't ask me why I went to Iowa. Like there's literally nothing in Iowa but cows, corn, and white people. But really, really good architecture school. I've been on my own pretty much since I was able to work. And but when my aunt passed away, like my life really turned upside down. And, you know, I realized that it's no longer just about me anymore. Like I may have a child that I may have to provide and take care of. And like I said, the hot hustle really turned on then because I'm like, there. I knew something at a very early age. I really made a stance and I made a stance and told myself that I will not struggle financially. I will not work two or three jobs and still not know how my light bill is going to get paid. Like I do not want to live a life of poverty or paycheck to paycheck. Like that's, that's what I knew. That's what I saw in my household, but that's, that is not what I wanted for myself. So I, I made that stance at a very early age. And when, you know, sophomore year of school hit, I transferred back home to Western Michigan University, changed my major to civil engineering. Remember, I thought I was not smart enough to be an engineer. I still did not believe that when I changed my major. And y'all y'all got to take like Calc 1, 2, 3 and Diffy QS prereqs as an engineer. I'm like, ain't no way I'm cut out for all of that. But the reason why I switched to civil engineering is because you know, I knew that coming out of school, I would make at least 50K a year. And especially, you know, leveraging what I had available to me, being a black female and also holding an engineering degree, I knew that I'd be able to get a good job. So that's the number one reason why I made that switch. And even in the midst of the topic of this discussion, I'm sharing all this background because I want us, I want you guys to really understand how important it is. And as we're going through life, those moments where we have to pivot. Those moments where we have to pivot and we have to make a decision and we have to maybe do something we may not believe we're capable of doing, or we may be stepping into a role that may feel like, you know, it's too much pressure or too much weight for us to carry. Those moments are such defining moments for us in the future. And, you know, I think sad and unfortunate thing for my aunt passing away, like it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever gone through, but it was one of the moments that I'm most grateful for because being an engineer is what set up and that moment, that defining moment where I made that decision to say, you know, I don't want to live a life of poverty. Like I don't want to live a life where I'm struggling financially every week and every month to pay my bills. And even stepping into a degree and into a major where I didn't think that I was smart enough to do it. And I didn't know how I was going to carry all this weight of like these family responsibilities. You know, that was such a defining moment in my life. So pay attention to those moments where you have to pivot and pay attention to where you really have to take a step out on faith. And you may feel the fear. The fear is always going to be there. Like the fear never really goes away. But you have to choose and make the decision to take that step forward on faith first and foremost and above everything else. So like I said, that's when the hot hustle started. And I came back home to Michigan and I started modeling and acting uh, mainly because it paid really well. You know, these next few years of college are going to be defining moments. And I have to figure out how I can start making good money fast, especially because I'm about to raise a kid. Like I need to know how to make like I need to get my money in order. So I started modeling and acting, not 
like most of the other little Instagram models back in the day, the Facebook profile models who would do all these free modeling gigs just to update their profile photos. No, 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 no. Not Jerisha Hawk. I was here strictly for the coins and, and for the payment opportunities. Okay. And I got into uh, doing auto shows for Chrysler and auto shows for Chrysler plays very, very well. You know, you made a couple hundred dollars a day doing these auto shows and I can make more money in a weekend than I could working, you know, 40 hours a week at some on-campus job. And with this engineering degree that I didn't think I was smart enough to get, I'm like, there's no way I can work 40 hours a week and be able to study enough to actually, you know, pass these classes. So I was like, what is the best way for me to leverage my time and earn the most amount of money possible so I could have my time available, this time freedom and this time frame, this is where I really learned how to leverage money and like understand the value of time freedom was back then. So I started modeling and I looked at, so this is another really, really important strategy or I think tactic that you can use regardless of where you're at in your business is you need to understand opportunity cost. You need to understand how much your time is valued and worth at and worth. And when I say that is all of us have 24 hours in a day and all of us have are, and are juggling a ton of responsibilities at one time. But you have got to understand the value that of time and getting out of this mindset that you have to exchange time for money in the sense that like, you know, before I had this mindset, I have to go work 40 hours a week at some little pissy job making 1025 an hour, or I can work three days in a weekend and make a couple grand, small amount of time. It's not like I'm earning more because I'm working more. I'm earning more because I'm leveraging my time more effectively. And you have got to understand the power of, you need to understand what opportunity cost is for you, understand what your time and money is really valued at. So that's what I started modeling. And I did that through college for three years in school. So that's, you know, I was living luxury back in college. You know, I made more money than my peers. I made enough money to send money home to my grandma and help out with my little cousin. You know, I made enough money to, to live very, very comfortably. Like people always say, I don't want to be that, that poor college student that I wasn't, I didn't know what that poor college student lifestyle was like. I still liked Raymond noodles, chicken flavor, preferably, but that wasn't my reality. So you really need to understand opportunity costs and make sure that you are doing things and spending your time on things that are allowing you to really earn the most amount with the time that you have available. Again, life was like good. Like life was like Gucci. I'm over here flying all across the country in custom tailored suits from Neiman Marcus, you know, living my best life. Like I'm in $500 suits, not knowing how to act, you know, at these auto shows, but then reality hit again. So my senior year of school, I ran out of financial aid and I didn't even know that that was something that could happen. Like I didn't know you could run out of financial aid. Uh, <laughs> and so I got this email from Western saying, Hey girl, all that financial aid that you've been given is now gone. And I was like, great. So how am I going to pay for school? Like I've been busting my butt getting through these engineering classes. You know, I always the only one in the classroom, the only black girl in the room, all, all these things. And I'm down to my last year in school and I ran out of financial aid. I'm like, how am I going to walk across the stage? And I had to come up with about like 13 or 14 grand very, very quickly or else, you know, and I had to make that initial payment or else I would have been kicked out of my first semester classes. And I remember this night so vividly. I had a bucket of Cold Stone ice cream in my lap. It was birthday cake remix, which is like my favorite ice cream creation in the world. I was sitting there watching Law and Order and my boyfriend at the time was sitting next to me on the couch. And I remember reading this email on a Sunday night and like I burst out into tears. I'm like, what in the world am I about to do? 
I'm like, and I'm looking at and talking to God too, like, bruh, you keep like coming back at me with like one hit, one hit, another hit, another hit. I'm like, the second a girl bounces back and gets her feet on the ground, I feel like the the carpet gets pulled from under me. And maybe you can relate to that. But at the moment, I'm just like, I didn't know what else I was going to do. And if I'm being fully honest, there were a series of thoughts that went through my mind. First thought was, well, one, how am I going to come up with this much money this fast? I can't call back home. My grandma ain't got, like, we ain't got no money in the bank. Uh, <laughs> I can't call back home and ask my grandmother, like, hey, ma, uh, I'm going to need you to help pay for school. Like, that was not an option. Then I'm like, maybe I can strip. Like, there is amateur night. However, you know, my bodily assets, I don't believe I have the qualifications to be dancing on stage, nor did I know how to twerk or do any of the above that would qualify me to be a said stripper to make said quick cash. So that was immediately ruled out. I thought about investing in stock and, you know, getting on the stock market because I had $2,500 in my savings account. And I was like, maybe I can like invest in stock, but I'm like, it would take too much time to learn how the stock market worked to be able to even make smart investments for that money to earn back a return on an investment in the time frame that I had available. So I ruled that out. Then the third thought was, you know, this internet thing is on. I'm like, I like fashion. Maybe I can start selling clothes online. And literally that's the idea I ran with. I had $2,500. I loved shoes. I love, love, love shoes. On that Sunday night, I went online, Googled how to start an online business figured out what laws I had like I had to abide by. I got my LLC, got my retail sales license. I opened up a store on big commerce and I found a wholesaler out of California and bought seven boxes of wholesale shoes with that $2,500 I had saved up. And by the next Sunday, so within seven days, I had a website. I had all the legal requirements that I needed to be an online business. I had my Stripe account set up. I had got my EIN number and I had my first set of products. So when people say, oh, it's going to take me so long to get started, like I'm calling bullshit. You know, most of us just procrastinate because the fire up under our ass isn't hot enough for us to get moving. But the reality is like all you have to do is just make the decision and get started. So that's what I did to get started. There was an upfront cost for me to get started. I had, you know, having a physical product-based business, you have to have stock. You had to have the product in hand. So I Googling, and that's how I found my wholesaler. And within a couple of weeks, I realized that this wasn't going to work out, (laughs) mainly because buying shoes was not the best solution. Because when you buy wholesale shoes, you get a pack of like 12 or 18 shoes, and you get sizes anywhere from like a five and a half to an 11. And I'm like, I don't have a social media following. I don't know how I'm going to sell this stuff. So I turned my little upstairs den in my apartment into my distribution center. And I got on Instagram and I started posting, you know, I started taking pictures of the shoes with me on using hashtags and realized that I wasn't really getting any momentum off of like my 300 followers that I had on Instagram. So I'm like, I need to do something again. I And this is another key strategy, key tactic I want you guys to point out is you need to know your end goal. I wasn't trying to build a million dollar empire. I wasn't trying to build a six figure business. I needed to make, you know, $14,000 or so to pay for school within a year's time frame, and I was out. So I applied strategies and tactics that set me up to achieve that one goal. So the thing is, I I decided I was going to use Instagram. Instagram was going to be my platform of choice because that's the place where I had the most followers. And I didn't have enough money and I didn't even know anything about like Facebook ads or Instagram ads at the time. Like I just wasn't aware of how those even worked or functioned back then. 
This was back in like 2014, just to give you guys reference. So I decided, I'm like, well, how do I find clothes that I love to wear? I'm like, I look at other bloggers and I look on Pinterest and I look at other like social media fashion accounts to figure out how I'm going to buy and where I'm going to buy my clothes from. So I'm like, well, let me go find who are the most like influential fashion bloggers and fashion accounts on Instagram where I think my ideal client may be hanging out. So like I said, after like a couple of weeks, like I wasn't really moving any product. So I decided to like do this and I started reaching out to these influencers and these bloggers. And back then it wasn't as like big as it is now, but I started like Instagram, like DMing them and emailing them saying, Hey, can I send you free products? And for exchange of free product, will you promote, like take a picture and promote my picture on your social media account? So I realized though, again, just selling shoes, I only had so much product. And I was giving away three or four items to sell three or four items. And it just wasn't making any sense. And I realized that shoes probably wasn't the best industry for me to be in. So I took a moment, took a step back and reevaluated my inventory and realized that, you know, shoes probably is not the best thing for me to do for me to make money quicker. So I just started, I looked at like, what will any woman buy and always need to buy? And I found a, a wholesaler out of Thailand who was selling these bandage dresses. So if you guys are familiar with the designer Hervé Leger, he makes like, they were really, really popular dresses back in the day. They were normally like five grand to $15,000 dresses. They were those like bandage dresses that would like suck you in, lift you up and like give you all the curves you wish and prayed you had naturally. That's what this dress did. And I found a wholesaler out of Thailand who was making like knockoff dresses, these bandage dresses from this designer. <laughs> so... You know, and the beautiful thing about this wholesaler out of Thailand was I didn't have to buy product until somebody actually purchased it from me. So this solved a few of my issues. I got rid of my inventory. I got rid of having to purchase stock in bulk. And I made a negotiation with this guy. I'm like, look, I'll have enough orders coming your way, which I didn't have any at the time. I'm like, I have enough orders coming your way. Is there any way that I can buy wholesale and buy wholesale to, to the point where I only have to buy the product? Once somebody buys it for me and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So that's when the game changed for me. So I ended up finding an Instagram account. This woman had over a million followers and it was just like a fashion blog account. And I was paying her like $25 a post per week to, you know, take these, share the image of my dresses that I was selling. And again, I redid my website, added all the inventory that this wholesaler out of Thailand had. And the beautiful thing was, it was like pretty much hundred percent profit. Because remember, I didn't have to buy the product until somebody purchased it for me. So that's how I was able to make money so fast. I found an account. I paid for advertising basically through her social media channel. And pretty much any time I would post one, she would do one post a week for me. And every time she posted, I would get like 16 to 20 orders. And again, this is where you need to really pay attention to your profit margins. When I was selling shoes, my profit margins, I was able to make like 15 or $20 per product. Which in a traditional product-based business, if you have a profit margin of about 50%, that's really, really, really good. But again, I was on a tight time frame, and I'm like, I need to make a lot of money in a short period so I can pay for school. So I found this manufacturer out of Thailand. And again, I didn't have to buy the product until somebody bought it from me. So I would buy these dresses from him for like $30 to $50. And I was selling these bad boys for like $150 to $300 because they like look legit. And it was pretty much 100% profit margin because I didn't have to buy anything earlier, deal with all this stock and all this inventory. This episode was generously sponsored by Acuity Scheduling. 
We are all ready to make more money and serve more people. But if you are in an email ping pong game with potential clients, struggling to schedule your next call, let me introduce you to my software sugar daddy, Acuity Scheduling. Look, if the need to easily schedule calls and collect payment is holding you back from actually making money in your business, you need a simple solution. You need to have an automated process that handles all of the administrative and payment collection tasks for you. You need something that integrates with your calendar so you never miss an appointment and sends reminders to your clients so they show up on time. You need Acuity Scheduling. I've dated all the top scheduling softwares that the interwebs have to offer, but nothing has come close to Acuity Scheduling. I've been rocking with Acuity Scheduling for two years and counting. They continue to exceed my expectations and they are always making improvements. That's real love. And to share the love, you can visit acuityscheduling.com backslash hustle to get a 45-day trial to test it out for yourself. You will thank me later. Visit acuityscheduling.com backslash hustle to get your 45-day trial of Acuity Scheduling now. So life was good, man. And that's how it jumped off. So to nail this back down into what do you need to do, I picked one platform that I was going to own. I didn't try to own Pinterest. I didn't try to own Facebook. I didn't try to own Twitter. I didn't try to own 17 different platforms at one time. I said, I'm going to dominate on Instagram, uh, mainly because at the time, that was my my largest following was. And I knew that it it was a quick transaction platform. And then I realized I had to, where can I find out how can I get in front of a new audience? And I didn't understand paid ads, but that's basically what I was doing by paying this woman. I found an account that allowed me to pay $25 a post, which in today's world, you'll never find an account that's that cheap. Advertising is just way more expensive nowadays in 2018. But so I was paying her, you know, paying like $100 a month to pay for advertising on her social media platform, buying dresses wholesale for like 30 to 50 bucks and selling it for $150 to $300 a pop. So when I look at the profit margins on that, guys, if I'm buying a dress for 30 bucks, I'm paying homegirl 25, selling the dress for like $150, $200, but I'm selling 16 to 20 of those dresses every time she posts, like I was making bank. So this boils back down. You have got to pay attention to your profit margins because if, if it doesn't make money, y'all heard this saying, it doesn't make sense. And if you are building a business, the sole priority of that business is to earn money and to not just make sales, but earn a profit. And, you know, I was very quick to pivot in my business when I realized the profit margins didn't make sense for the goal that I had in mind and also for the time frame that I had in mind. So selling shoes, it wasn't a big enough profit margin. I wasn't able to sell it fast enough. And I was running into the issue of having all this stock and inventory, which was cutting into my profit margins. So I changed and switched up my product availability I got rid of shoes. At the time I was trying to sell shoes, purses, dresses, jewelry, like daytime clothing, club attire. Like I was testing out all these products and realized the bandage dresses were where it was at. So I got rid of everything else on my site and focused on one product that had the largest profit margin for me. Okay. So you have got to pay attention to your profit margins. And even this relates to service-based businesses, because if you're trying to sell 17 different services on your website, and they have really, really, really crappy profit margins, like cut the fat, 
get rid of the stuff that really doesn't make sense for you and focus on the thing that has like that's going to generate the biggest and the most profit margin for you with for the time that you have available. And all this is synced back to that one core goal that I had in mind. I got to come up with 15 grand in the next year to pay for school. So the cheapest way is not the most sustainable way. So even though I was out here straight hustling, like crappy photos, I was really just using homeboys photos from his website, which were straight trash too. And I'm pretty sure that his photos were stolen from other people's websites. That's neither here nor there. I do not recommend that for business practices in the long term. But, (laughs) you know, I wasn't trying to have a business that was going to last longer than a year. I was not trying to build a business that was going to have like that I'd still have today. I'm like, this was going to be short term turnaround. So I was willing to take some higher risk on what was probably legal or not legal back then. And I was just young and dumb. Like I didn't know what was right and wrong. I didn't know what was legal and not legal back then. Cause you know, I was like 19 years old, 20 years old, but, and you know, it worked for me in the short term. You know, I had this business for 14 months. I made over $50,000 in that 14 month time frame while I was still get. I was finishing up my senior year, getting my engineering degree. I was still doing auto shows for Chrysler. So I was still traveling like crazy. And at the time I was interning at the company that I, my corporate job, I was interning there because I got a full-time job offer at the beginning of my senior year. So I was interning and still building this business. So um, juggling all those responsibilities, you know, working maybe like 10, 15 hours a week on this online retail store that I had called Lovestruck. I was able to make over $50,000 in 14 months, pay for school, bought my first pair of red bottoms. You couldn't tell me nothing. Got some luxurious bundles for my graduation day and walked across the stage. But again, like what worked in that short term, there was no way that that business would have been consistently profitable in the long term, mainly because I was doing so much stuff that was like absolutely trash. There was no real business foundation, but I want you guys just to understand some of the principles that helped me get there and really were helped me learn the foundation for the business that I have now, um, drishahawk.com. So just like to quickly recap, you have got to pay attention to your profit margins. You need to understand opportunity costs and just what you have available. And all of these things focused on like, what is the one thing that I'm focused on? What is the one thing that would generate the profit for me and generate sales for me in the beginning so I can get the ball even moving? It wasn't trying to sell 17 things, which I did try to do and it didn't work. It was about focusing in on the one product, the one thing that you can sell that will earn the highest amount of profit margin for you. And then also realizing and understanding that I had to pay, that there was some upfront cost for me to get that ball rolling to actually start earning sales by you know, spending time trying to find a wholesaler. That was by the grace of God um, that I found that wholesaler so fast out in Thailand but also for me to be able to you know, find that account for me to do paid advertising on. So those are really, really important. And I think also just realizing what I was doing was not sustainable. Like what I did, if I would have probably kept that business longer than 14 months, we would have had a downward spiral because <laughs> uh, the foundation that I built the business on was not stable. But those foundation, those things that I learned there, you know, really set me up and have set me up to be successful even in the business that I have now. Like I said, jerishawk.com, where I've been able to make over 200K in less than two years, quit my job, double, triple my corporate salary in what I'm doing now. And I kind of did the same thing even when I got into the service-based space online. Like, you know, in 2016, I started playing around with the idea of, you know, building this online business. I was trying to call myself an empowerment coach. 
I wanted it to be a nonprofit where people could just pay what they they think that they could afford for my services. You know, I wanted to help women live more empowered and have more alignment with their long-term goals, which is just blah, blah, blah. Like that's like straight fluff. I, I wasn't actually solving a problem. I didn't even know what I was really selling. In the first like 10 months, I was really just trying to mimic what I saw everybody else in the online space doing. I'm like, I got to have a membership site. I got to have all these digital products. I got to have these digital courses. I need to be selling all these things. Forgetting the lesson that I learned from my very first business is when you're just starting off, the best way for you to start earning consistent income, actually not just make sales, but earn profit is to focus on one thing, to be known for one thing. And that's what I call now the pop method. You need to pick one person, pick one problem, package one process. It needs to be one thing. And it took me 10 months to figure that out. I was 10 months of straight grinding, trying to do and mimic what I saw every online entrepreneur doing in our space, like creating all this stuff, selling, using all these like marketing jargon, fluffy bullcrap type taglines. And I was able to get clients, but I wasn't able to earn more than like $6,000 in that 10 month time frame. But I was working like at capacity and like killing myself. And at the time I was working full-time in corporate. I was a pipeline engineer at this point, you know, and I was also studying because I thought I was going to go back and get my MBA. So, you know, I was burnt out, overworked, overwhelmed, resenting my clients, not making any money because I was trying to do too much. Like I was out here, Captain DTM diagnosed with a case of doing too much. And it's really, really important. Like I'm going to keep nailing that home is in the beginning stages, you have got to build a solid trunk for your business to be planted on. Like you have got to focus on what is the one thing that you are going to be known for and what is the one thing that people are going to know you for. You know, back when I was selling Love Struck, people knew me for having those bandage dresses, you know, and in this online space, I had to figure out what was the thing that I was going to be known for. Basically now services that sell, that's my signature program. And, and it took me, like I said, like 12 to 16 months to figure out what that one thing was, but you have got to nail down your pop method. Who is the one person you're solving the problem for? What is the one problem that you're solving? And what is the one process that you're going to package so that can become your signature service? And then you have pay attention to those profit margins. You know, when I really started looking at the first 10 months in business, I'm like, I'm working my butt off, you know, waking up early, going to bed late, spending my weekends working on this business, not hanging out, not going to the bar, not kicking it with my girlfriends. It was straight laptop and chill with Jerisha Hawk every day, all day, morning, noon, and night. That's all I was doing. But I, when I really took a step back and looked at all the things that I'm doing right now and what are the profit margins and how much money am I making from each one of these things, I noticed that all my money was coming from one area. So I decided to cut the fat and focus in on that one thing. And when I was able to just use and focus in on that one signature service, that's when the game changed for me. So like I mentioned, the first 10 months in my business, I didn't make more than $6,000. And I was working like crazy. And then I decided to invest in a coach. I'm like, I don't want another 10 months to go by where I still am doing the same thing. And I know I'm smart enough to figure it out on my own. Like I know that I am because I mean, I have a proven track record of figuring things out, but I don't want to spend another 10 months or another 12 months trying to figure it out on my own. The first coach I hired was about like a $3,500 investment. And that was like more money than I had made in my business at the time. And she was somebody who was really, again, I was trying to mimic what I saw these millionaire online entrepreneurs doing. And she was the one that tried to 
teach me the strategy of how to come out of the gate with these membership sites, these digital products, this traditional online funnel where you have a lead magnet, tripwire, blah, 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 and all these offers. And I implemented what she taught me and I was able to make about another six grand. So I was able to get to about a $9,000 mark in the first 12 months, but it still wasn't enough and it was still killing me. So I decided, that's when I decided to say, I'm cutting out all these offers and I just want to focus on one high ticket service. And I hired another coach like two months later. And this coach was, I think, six grand for six months. I now have spent all the money I had made in my business. I had made about $9,000 up until this point. I spent $3,500 on the first coach and realized that the strategies she was teaching me wasn't actually like what the business model I wanted to build. I didn't have the capacity and I didn't have the money to pay for all these leads to come into this fancy funnel for it to work. So then I invested in the $6,000. It was either six or nine grand. But all my money I had made in my business up until this point was gone. And I was terrified because I'm like, you know, I've been spending over a year busting my butt and I really don't have anything to show for it. You know, I have about 12 clients under my belt and I'm happy that I've been able to work with them. But like, where's the money? So I made this investment and that's when I decided to just focus in on a signature service. And this coach really taught me how to sell high ticket. You know, a lot of selling high ticket isn't so much about just throwing a price tag on a service, but it's really having the confidence and the certainty to be able to communicate that offer and to get somebody else to come in. And she really helped me hone that in and, and figure that out. But that one signature service changed the game for me. And it was about March of 2017, March, April of 2017 at this point. And selling that one signature service, I hit my first 5K month. You know, I sold the service one-on-one to a few individuals at like 35 or four grand a pop. Um, and I had my first $10,000 month. And I remember sitting down because I was just in complete shock and disbelief because four months prior, I couldn't make over $2,000. And four months later, after actually cutting out things from my business model, focusing on doing less, you know, doing less and selling at a higher ticket, I was able to like 4X my income. So I had hit my first $10,000 a month. And I was, re- I remember sitting there talking to guy like, bro, <laughs> me and guy have a real like, you know, cool relationship, I like to say. And I was like, is this real? But is this sustainable? And I remember making a pact with him saying like, look, if I can do this again in May and June, I will quit my job in July and I'll go do this thing full time. And I remember saying that, like not kind of making the remark saying that like, if I can consistently do 10K a month for the next few months, I'll quit. Cause I didn't think it was possible. So I didn't think I was gonna have to back up like that promise I had, you know, just recently negotiated with the Lord above. I didn't think I was gonna have to back it up. Cause I didn't think I'd even do it, but it, it happened. And like, I made the money again in May. I made the money again in June. And in July, I had booked over $60,000 in sales all off of that one signature service. And this really just goes back to like, again, when you understand your profit margins and you look at the opportunity costs of just, you have to really, you just, I was working at a full-time job, you know, still handling stuff back home. Like you have to understand what your capacity is for the season that you're in. You have got to understand the capacity that you have for the season that you are in. Because those fancy advanced funnels where you're selling all these things and offering all this stuff, it's not to say that those things don't work, but they only work, they don't work in every season. And if you're in the beginning of your business, just trying to get to your first six figures, it is not the best season to come out of the gate trying to sell all this stuff. Like you're making it way harder for you to ever hit your income goals and it needs to really be like, it can be so much more simple. So that one signature service, I was able to 
like I said, book over 60K in sales in one month. And that allowed me to quit my job. I left a very lucrative engineering salary. <laughs> you know, I had just got promoted to leading a $400 million pipeline project at the time. And I walked away and there was no fear in the sense that like, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to live the life that I want? How am I going to maintain this quality of life that I just recently moved into? Because money was no longer the issue. You know, it was more of fear of just really believing like, is, is this freedom possible? Like I'm, 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 I, this little brown girl with curly hair, with the background that I have, I'm allowed to have this. It was more difficult for me to learn how to receive it than anything else. So it just really goes to show that I truly, truly believe, and I will preach this day in and day out. If you are earning less than six figures a year in your business, you need to really focus in on just building the trunk of your tree, like really planting one seed and being rooted in your season and figuring out what your signature service is going to be. The thing that you're going to be known for, the thing that you can nail down and deliver results on consistently for your clients. Because that's the thing that you'll be able to charge high ticket for. And that is the thing that will position you to really earn more money faster in a less amount of time. And I look at where I'm at now, you know, that was able to get me to the first six figures in my business. You know, getting to six figures really isn't that hard if you stop trying to do the most and actually just simplify your offers and really perfect and craft a signature service. And after the six-figure mark, that's when I really took that signature service and leveraged it. Meaning I took the process of what I was doing in that signature service and turned it into a digital course. And that's what we everybody knows now today as services that sell, which is our process that will show you how to create and sell your signature service in less than 100 days. But it wasn't like I came out of the gate trying to create this course. It was figuring out what my service was, nailing down that process with one-on-one clients or in a small group environment, perfecting that process with my clients in that small group environment. And once I had that process nailed down, I understand how it's positioned in the market. I understand that, you know, how to teach it in a way that clients of all different backgrounds can get it and apply it. Once that is solid, then I leveraged that service and turned it into a digital course, which I've been able to then, you know, that's what brought me over the second six figures, which has allowed me to make, you know, we're over the $250,000 mark right now. We hit our two year mark in another month. That's what's allowed me to do that so fast. So quickly recap here is you need to understand your opportunity costs. You need to understand your profit margins and really learn and understand where is the majority of your money able to come from with the capacity and the time that you have available to output and to deliver results and focus in on one core thing that you're going to be selling and one core thing. And not just what you're selling. It's the thing that you're known for. It's the thing that you're building your platform on. It is the thing that you are really laying the foundation of your business to build from. Okay. This is not what you're going to be doing forever. This is not going to be the only service that you're going to be selling for the rest of your life. I'm not saying that you can't be multi-passionate and have um, multi-desires, but I think that you can do it in a more strategic way that allows you to build the bridge, the dream life that you want. And having that signature service is just a stepping stone for you to be able to have the capacity and have the income to take that next step and to pursue that next venture that you want to build and create. So it's really about focusing in on creating a signature service and nailing down that signature service but really being just focused on picking one platform, you know, pick one person, pick one problem, package one process, pick one platform. It's the pop method. Like it's really the pop method. And that's what's really allowed me to build in this multiple six figure business in such a short, fast time frame. 
Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thanks so much for listening in today. It means the world to me that you take time out of your morning commute or during your workout or while you're at home to listen into our show. And to show my thanks, I would love to actually hop on a phone call with you. That's right. I mean, pick up a phone, dial a phone number, you know, do what our parents used to do back in the day before Instagram DMs. <laughs> but I would love to actually just learn more about you and thank you for, you know, tuning in and listening to our show. So if you'd love to hop on a call, just visit jerishahawk.com backslash chat and I will talk with you soon.